like rowing 110% changed my life. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I had zero confidence. Um, I just didn't, there was just nothing about me that seemed special. Like I didn't seem like, I didn't feel like I was doing anything better or different than anybody else was. So I was just kind of just like existing, if that makes sense. Like I didn't really think much of myself. Um, And my novice coach who got me started, it wasn't necessarily that she gave me confidence, but she more so gave me the mindset of why not? Hello and welcome to another episode on the Well You Mental Training Podcast. My name is Ami Strutton-Belanoff and I'll be your host today as we sit down with Katie Silla. Katie has a special story on her journey to becoming an elite rower. Her story includes twists, turns, struggles, and amazing accomplishments. Katie went to Lowell High School in San Francisco And with virtually no athletic background, Katie went from barely being able to run a mile to becoming one of the nation's top NCAA Division I rowing recruits. She then went on to make the U23 USA rowing national team. She was named the 2014-2015 Most Improved at Pacific Rowing Club. And in 2016, she went to nationals in high school. She finished fifth at the 2019 U23 World Rowing Championships. Katie is currently a senior at the University of San Diego and is the captain of the USD row team. She is a vocal leader for USD athletes and serves as the president for the Student Athlete Advisory Committee and is the USD star student athlete representative. She represents athletes' mental health needs as well as addressing cultural and race dynamics in sports. She is full of energy, drive, and passion, and we're excited to sit down and hear her story. Well, Katie, thanks for coming on the Well You Mental Training podcast. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, Unfortunately, we're under some kind of dire circumstances right now in regards to what's happening um with everything and i just want to make a brief mention to that because it's what's happening in uh in everyone's lives right now how are you doing are you um are you uh off training and uh i assume schools are kind of everyone's kind of switched gears at this point yeah so training is over our season is over and school is now all online so all of our classes are online we don't have to meet in person anymore um my so if you lived on campus during this time, then you had to move off campus. So half of my team is pretty much back home. Um, so it's kind of like we're all living our separate lives now, which is crazy because it's the complete opposite from what we were doing at the beginning. Um, but yeah, everybody's just kind of separately doing their own thing. But of course, you're still keeping contact with each other regarding stuff for the team. So we're still in contact, just not in the same space anymore. Yeah, and we were we were talking offline a little bit here and just on how this process is for all the athletes. And, you know, we were mentioning the, the aspect of a grieving process and how that is for athletes because it is losing, um, some would say, like a, a sense of identity and a sense of self for when sure. your sport is like immediately taken away from you. Is that your process? And are you coping and managing with that? Yeah, so I actually never thought of it as a grieving process until someone else brought it to my attention because I feel like when you think about grieving you automatically assume that like a person like a physical person has died or left but it is 
also a grieving because I did have a part of me that was taken away from me, even though it wasn't a physical being. It was just an aspect of my identity that I very much so was intact with. So the fact that that is no longer there, like I am grieving um, for that loss. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see it as a grieving process and it's been extremely hard, especially me being a senior. So not being able to finish out the last of my years of rowing and just kind of having everything taken away from me because there were so many things that my team um, were our, like our goals that we were ready to achieve and just didn't have the chance to. So that was extremely heartbreaking. Um, I am still for sure going through the grieving process. I definitely have not come to terms with it yet. It's still super hard for me to deal with. Um, but I mean, you have to take it one day at a time and try to make the situation as best as you can. But it's it's definitely a process. Yeah, and I think it's really important to speak on because, um, you know, I think some people can really, really identify with what you're saying and going through. And some people may not at all, um, because other people's minds are, like you said, maybe perhaps on just like, you know, health and safety. And, um, but there's big issues like being a senior and having all these, you know, things that you work toward as a team. Uh, as an individual goals you've set for years to, yeah. uh, to accomplish. And um, I think it's really important to speak on in terms of how this piece is a huge, this is a huge identity piece, you know, mm -hmm. for athletes and, and having something taken away or having something all of a sudden just not be there is, is really, is really challenging and I kind of liken it to um, being injured, you know, myself as an athlete, I've had various moments where I was competing and I had like a major injury and all of a sudden everything's all bets are off and everything's done mm -hmm. you know, for that season. So yeah. um, I think it's really important to bring awareness to it. And uh, thank you for speaking on that. And I wanted to kind of dive into um, some, some more specific uh, areas on rowing in yeah, general. For, sure. for you. For sure. I would love to. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, rowing just for our listeners, it's just it's going to be a different sport for a lot of listeners. I know yeah. rowing a little bit because I've worked with some rowers. But yeah. can you give us a snapshot into what is rowing like physically and mentally? Like, can you give us a little insight into that world of rowing? For sure. Um, so rowing physically, essentially what it is, is um, I'm just going to speak in boats of eight because that's just typically where we row. Um, so you're in a boat of eight rowers and one coxswain. The coxswain is the person who's typically smaller and lighter. They are steering the boat as well as like yelling commands, giving motivations, just making sure that the eight rowers don't really have to worry about anything besides rowing and they take care of essentially everything else. And then you have the eight rowers, the first um, rower at near, nearest to the coxswain is called stroke seat. The rower uh, furthest away from the coxswain is called bow seat. And then you have the six people in between and essentially all it is is just rowing in unison as hard and as fast as you can so it's challenging because of course you have to row you have to work with all the different people that you have in your boat and make sure that it is as fluid and as rhythmic as rhythmic as you can possibly make it um so of course you have to deal with different types of rowers you have to make sure that you're all on the same page make sure that your um your stroke lines up perfectly you're all following one person so if uh one person in the middle is having a harder time following then the people behind them would have a harder time following so it's probably the most um 
team sport that you can possibly get because you literally have to do every single movement that you do in unison. So that's basically what rowing is. Um, each person has one oar in the eight, and then you just try to get your blade in at the same time as close as you possibly can, have it come out as much as you possibly can um, together. And then, yeah, that's essentially like what the physical aspect of rowing is. It's extremely challenging physically and mentally, um, which I don't think people truly understand, which I didn't understand until I actually got into it. Because when you look at it, you're like, oh, they're just like putting the blades in and they're rowing. Um, doesn't really seem too hard. I thought the same exact thing when I went to um, an open house when I never saw rowing prior to that day. But it's it's very, very physically challenging. It's a full body workout. A lot of people think that it's just your arms that are being worked out, but no, it's your legs, your core, your arms, your back, like every single part of your body is being worked during the sport. Um, so it's very physically challenging just because it's hard on your body because you're literally prying a boat with your people behind you. So it's that. And then also um, there's a rowing machine called the Erg machine that essentially has the same movements as the boat. It kind of feels different just because you're on a static machine on land. Same movement, same um, layout of the stroke, but that's also physically challenging. And then mentally, it's just because you're just in so much pain as you're trying to go as hard as you can. Of course, like your first reaction would be like to stop or to go slower but you can't because you have these people counting on you to pull your weight and pull as hard as you possibly can to make the, go the boat go fast because you assume that everybody in front of you or behind you is doing the same exact thing. So mentally it's hard because you just feel so exhausted. Like I felt pain that I have never felt before while rowing. And it's just taking you to like dark places. Like, why do I do this sport? Like this is too hard, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, like you can't stop, like you, you just can't stop. So you have to yeah. keep going. So it, mentally it's just pushing through that. Or let's say you're in a boat with people who you typically don't row with and the boat's just not moving. It's just not going well, or your coxswain isn't on their game that day. And you just have to keep rowing. Like you have to not get frustrated. Well, you, of course you get frustrated naturally, but you can't let that get the best of you. You have to just be the best as you can be at that time to contribute um, as much as you can to the boat and try to make it as best as you can. But then some days you're like, I had a really rough day. I don't want to be in this boat I, or I don't want to do this workout. And it's probably going to be hard, but you don't really have a choice but to do it. So mentally, mentally you have to get past that and just say, hey, well, you know what? This this is what it's going to be and this is what I have to do and that's it. So Yeah, and and like I've taken a couple uh, uh, shots at doing the ERG machine myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I mean, I just, it's just, it's just overwhelmingly exhausting. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, but take me to um, how you started in rowing. You grew up in the Bay area. Mm -hmm. um, and what, you know, what, what, how do you get introduced to an erg machine or rowing and what makes you say, I want to row? So I didn't want to, uh, funny enough, but I, so I was just in school at my locker and the varsity woman captain came up to me and this, so I transferred to the school my sophomore year, came from a very, like transferred from um, a smaller town. So they didn't really, they only had like the basic football, basketball, volleyball, sport, like ball sports. Um, and then I came to San Francisco. She came up to me in my locker and she's like, hey, like you're tall. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm 5'11". So I'm like, yeah, like I know I've been tall pretty much all my life. And she was like, um, I am the captain of this team and we're, um, we're a rowing team. And I just wanted to know if you would like to come out to our open house and maybe want to join. And she said it. I was like, oh, okay. To try to like 
dismissed her but I was like oh yeah sure like maybe and then she got my name and my number and stuff and then she's like okay well it's um this Saturday hopefully I see you there and I took her number and I didn't really think much about it I went home whatever and then that Saturday came and I was just laying in bed uh sleeping and then I just got like three missed calls and it was the open house started at nine in the morning and to me without rowing that was extremely early that she even thought to ask me to come as early as nine o'clock in the morning um but she was calling me she's like no I really really want you to come and I asked my mom I was like do you think it's worth it like I like should I get out of bed for this and she was like well you never know what's gonna happen like if you don't like it you don't have to do it but if you love it you're gonna want to do it so I got out of bed I went to the boathouse and uh, she was on the water and they just do a row by where they just row past the um, spectators just to show them what the sport was. And I looked and I was like, oh, that seems pretty cool. Literally never seen anything like it. I was like, oh, that seems cool, like nice and fun. Um, and then I was talking to some girls who were on the team, including the coach, and they were like, oh, yeah, like totally fun sport. You're going to have a great time. It's really good for team building and it'll open up a lot of doors for you in the future, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't really thinking about that aspect, but I was like, oh, it seems cool. Something new. Let me just try it. Um, they did not mention anything about erging or any hard workouts or anything, of course, because they're trying to sell it to me. <laughs> um, so then I came and mind you, previous to this, I had never done a sport. Never, ever. I was not into anything athletic whatsoever. Um, so it was our first day of practice and we had to do maybe like a mile and a half, maybe probably less than that. And then like a 30 second on 30 second off core routine. Very simple, like truly not hard at all. Um, but when I tell you I was dying on that run, I ran maybe a quarter of it, had to walk the rest of the way because I was so out of shape, could not hold a 30 second plank. Like it just was not my thing. So I went up to the coach and I was like, Hey, um, thank you for your time, but I don't think I ever want to do this again, but I appreciate <laughs> you letting me come and try it. But I think I'm good. And she's like, you can't just like quit the first day. You have to stay for at least a week. And I was like, I guess she's right. So I stayed for a week. I didn't have to pay for anything. She's like, yeah, you didn't have to pay. I was like, okay, fine. So I stayed for a week. And then at the end of the week, I went up to her. I was like, hey, so like I said, I'm done. Um, thanks for this week, but I, like, I'm good. And then she basically said, I promise you that once you get to the spring, that'll make it worth it. Just let, just let me coach you. Let me show you how fun it is. And then once you make it to the spring, if you want to quit, once you get into the spring, then that's totally fine. But I truly want you to give it um, a full shot and like let me show you how great the sport is she sounds like a really good salesman oh yeah so. for sure for sure because I stayed for three years so yeah. she was she was really good um so I stayed so I did it and then I loved it I was in the top boat I wasn't really that fast but I mean you're a novice so no one's really that fast um so I was in the top boat I had a great time and I was like well if I did one year I might as well just keep going so I did my so my first my first year was my sophomore year did my junior year did my senior year um, and I finished and then I got, I was starting to get recruited. I was starting to get emails from college coaches, which I didn't expect. I mean, I knew I was in like the top boats, but I, I truly didn't have confidence in myself. I didn't think I was that fast to like do it in college. And I was just getting blown up by emails. And I think I was the most recruited female on this website in the month of February. Like coaches were really, really trying to get me to go to their schools. Um, and then I realized, oh, like this can be a thing. Like I can actually do this in college talk to my coaches about it, talk to the other girls who were getting recruited. And they were like, no, you can totally do it. Like you just have to choose what school you want to go to and then just do it for another four years. Um, so I was getting recruited and then that's how I ended up doing it for another four years in college. So a total of seven years. It's just such a, I mean, I didn't know this whole pathway because it, it, you went from uh, running 
uh, barely being able to run a uh, a quarter of a mile, like mm-hmm. not even knowing what a row boat is, yeah. to um, being one of the top recruits and then going to a, a, a top well-established Division One, uh, you know, campus, and it just was a life changer. What was was this uh, woman uh, a facilitator in like? causing belief for yourself because i mean you had a very like humble approach it seems like you're like yeah thanks for like you know having me come out it's not really for me to all of a sudden stepping into like an elite competitor like yeah and here you are now with a mindset of like win or go home Um, and it just seems like a whole new identity for you from what you were previously yeah um i like rowing 110 percent changed my life Absolutely. No doubt about it. I had zero confidence. Um, I just didn't, there was just nothing about me that seemed special. Like I didn't seem like, I didn't feel like I was doing anything better or different than anybody else was. So I was just kind of just like existing, if that makes sense. Like I didn't really think much of myself. Um, And my novice coach who got me started, it wasn't necessarily that she gave me confidence, but she more so gave me the mindset of why not? Like, what do you have to lose? Because Mm -hmm. if you don't do this, then you're not going to be doing anything else. Do you want that? If you want that, then that's fine. But I can guarantee you that if you stick with it, you will find some good out of it. And she more so just made me feel that there's no harm in trying. There's no harm in doing something new. And there's no harm in investing time to get good at something. So that's more so what she taught me. And she ended up leaving, I think, while like my junior I think I, yeah, I think I was the last novice um, group that she coached before she left, which was hard for me just because like she's the one who got me into it, of course. Um, but then my varsity coach in high school, she was she was the one that actually talked to me when I came during um, the open house. So I knew her from the very beginning and she was also trying to recruit me. And then once I got onto her team, um, she was more like we had more one on one time for her to actually be my coach. But rowing at Pacific Rowing Club, it was just it honestly just like taught me that like you are somebody and you can be somebody. You just have to put in the work in and be willing to work on yourself. And that's how you get there. So they just, they taught me that's just that. Yeah. That's pretty much what they taught me. Just like try, they started to build up my confidence. And then of course, as I got to college, that just built up more and more um, just from doing more intense racing as opposed to just like just racing in high school. Um, but no, I owe a lot to Pacific because they're the ones who gave me the confidence to get started in, pushed me out of my comfort zone a little bit to end up growing um, D1 and eventually on the national team. So that was amazing. Yeah. And I, and I think for the listeners, that's just a really important progression because we kind of, uh, um, we just leapfrogged from like not really knowing any athletics or sports in your life, really. Like at um, all. At I all. You, I didn't know anything. Nothing to, to being a top recruit, to going to USD, to uh, making the was U23 national team. Yep. Um, to the captain of your collegiate team at USD, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it, it just seems like you said it just it opened up a brand new part of yourself that maybe you didn't even know existed. Absolutely. Um, and and then just kept going from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Good job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, like it's huge accomplishments. But yeah. I wanted to speak a little bit, as you know, as we know uh, in life, as we go into conquer things and we reach towards goals, we come up against adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first hit of adversity um, 
you know, with sports as you got really competitive and entered into uh, the collegiate atmosphere? Um, okay. I would say my freshman year was probably one of the roughest times so far. Um, just because, so when I was running in high school, like I said, I was in top boys. Of course, it took me a while to get there. I started at the bottom, very much so at the bar- bottom when I moved to varsity um, because there were a lot more girls, bigger girls who rode for longer. And then I eventually made it to the top boat. Um, so, of course, as you're getting recruited from high school, you think that you're the best out there because you're like, oh, they want me. I'm getting recruited. I'm in the top boats. I made it to nationals my senior year. So I'm like, I I'm good. I can do college. I, I'll be fine. One more practice a day. Like, that's mine. I'm sure I can do it. No problem. And I 100 percent underestimated the transition from high school to college. And when I got to collegiate rowing, I was just so naive and I didn't understand how fast people can actually be because I was at the top in high school so I was like oh if I'm at the top here I'm just trying to be like somewhere in the middle to top when I get to college and there are girls in college who are way bigger than me way faster than me have been rolling for way longer than me and I just didn't really I didn't really think about that until I got there so when I got there the transition from having to work my way all the way back up was hard and I was also just struggling with the amount of work that I had to put into everything because of course I'm in college so grades are very serious and I also knew that I had plans to go to school after I graduated USD so I knew that grades were important so I was struggling in school I just it was just very overwhelming with all the stuff that I had to do there was like papers and exams it was just I it was just very very overwhelming so school was overwhelming the transition from high school to college as well as the jump in intensity from high school to collegiate rowing so everything just like went up 10 notches all at once and I just was not prepared for that there were so many girls and I just like I love my team but there were just so many girls and I was so overwhelmed because I came from a smaller program and there were workouts that I wasn't used to but I knew that I had to go as hard as I could on it because that's just what you do um so there was just a there was just a huge change and transition that I wasn't prepared for and I didn't expect so that took a toll on my mental health which of course if your mental health isn't great then you're not great so it was just it was just a very all-around overwhelming time um yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's an important part and like a lot of what we're trying to you know accomplish here through well you and the well you podcast is you know share stories and create like um you know breaking down stigmas uh and stereotypes of of mental health uh, in athletes and what you can do and and how people overcome and get through it. And um, can you speak to your mental health process during that time, you know, in terms of were you experiencing anxiety or depression and how did you, how did you know where to go and how did you get through that time? Um, So in high school, I knew that I had anxiety, very well aware. It just, it was very obvious before any earth test or any race or pretty much any practice I was just so just overwhelmed and stressed I would cry like my coach would have to come and talk to me like are you sure you're okay like it, it was just I knew that on those days like those days came and I was like okay so there's obviously something wrong because I look around and everybody else seems to be somewhat fine so I knew that was an issue in high school um, but mental health wasn't really talked about so I kind of just swallowed it did what I had to do and then moved on to the next day and just kind of took it day by day um, but when I went to college, like I said, uh, everything was ramped up. So 
my anxiety was also ramped up and I was just so stressed and anxious every single day every single day I would cry more often than I didn't I would literally cry pretty much every single day and I didn't know what was wrong with me I didn't understand because I knew in high school that I like I did it. I cried for sure, but I did it and everything was fine. But for some reason in college, like I just could not get that rebound. And it was just consistently me being anxious and crying and stressed and sad. And I just like, there was just no, there were just no happy days. It seemed like it just always seemed like something was bad. Um, And that went on pretty much my entire freshman year. And then I think at first the girls on my team were like, oh, like, she's just a scared freshman, like, she's a bit of a mess, but she's doing what she needs to do, and she's decently fast, so, like, she'll be fine, Um, but I think as it got deeper into the season, and I was still on that same mindset, they were like, why is this girl still crying, why is this girl still freaking out over everything, like, it was, it like, the team started to really, really notice, like, oh, she has a problem, and then it got to a point where my coach was like, listen, um, love you, love having you in my boats, but you crying and you freaking out is disrupting my practice and I need you to figure it out because you're literally crying every single day. Like, and and it's not, it may sound mean to say, but in reality, as a coach, if you have one of your girls who's literally freaking out all the time and you're trying to run a practice and you're trying to make a fast team, like you need to figure, like you need to help her figure that out because if she's not going to be able to perform, then that's going to be a problem, obviously. So she very strongly suggested that I go see the sports psychologist. And that was the first time that I ever had any meeting with a professional about my mental health. And I met with him and he asked me, he was like, so why are we here today? And I was just like, I cry a lot. And he was like, okay, like what, like, can you further explain? I'm like, Oh, I just get very stressed and anxious. And my reaction is just to cry. So I just cry all the time because I'm stressed and anxious all the time. And I'm also sad all the time. Um, and he was like, do you like, do you know what anxiety and depression are? And I'm a psych major. So I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly what that is. And he's like, do you think that that's possibly what you might have? And it was just him saying it. And he was so matter of fact, and he was just so simple and I overcomplicate things personally. So the fact that he just set it up so simply and just showed me what I was doing. And then it just took me a second to realize, oh, that is what I'm doing. Oh, that is what that means. And he he just made me come to terms with the fact of what I was dealing with and then me having a name to my emotions and to my experiences helped me understand what I was going through. And then that helped me um, deal with what I was going through as opposed to me not knowing anything about what I was experiencing and not knowing what to do about it. He gave me a name for what I was experiencing and then we worked together to figure it out. Um, So that was like towards the end of my freshman year. And I was, and then he basically said to me like, every like you are putting so much stress on yourself to be the best and to be good and sometimes you're not going to be good and sometimes you're not going to be at your best and me hearing that I'm like oh I can definitely be my best every day all day no problem just because that's just the type of person I am and he's like no there are going to be days where you are not at your best and that is okay so he kind of just calmed me down in that whole situation and then my sophomore year I came back and my teammates were like I feel like you're a completely different person just because I just let myself relax sometimes. Like I just, I just, if I didn't have the best score on this AT workout and I didn't get top three or top five or whatever, it's okay. 
like like it's fine and yeah I, I just like kind of let some stress off of myself and of course like I'm still dealing with it even to this day I'm still dealing with it before erg test I'm still crying I mean that's that's just what it's going to be just because I just because that's just always what it's been um but I know how to handle it more and I know how to let the pressure off of myself and tell myself that everything is okay. Would you say that, I mean, first of all, that's an amazing story. I mean, just, and thank you so much for sharing that because this is the type of story that I think a lot of people need to hear in terms mm-hmm. of like, if you are suffering or if you're going through something, you know, it was that first er, uh, nudge maybe from your coach. Uh, and you said it was, it, it kind of felt like it was maybe a little bit like harsh, you know, or, yeah. or some people may view it that way, but like, the fact of the matter is it's, it's, you need to get help. And, sure. and sometimes for a lot of athletes, and I know this has been my experience in working with athletes, it's, it's not always easy to ask for that type of help. You know, oh, it's no. like, we can go get help on our body and get like the trainers and stuff like that. But when we talk about emotions and mentality, it's, it's kind of still a little bit in the back corner. We're not, we're not going to go into that too deep, you know? And yeah. so, um, you describing that story is really, really, really useful because it, um, it, it, it seems like you had a name for it. Mm-hmm. Someone validated your experience mm-hmm. and then someone gave you, um, useful tools, um, that were, you were able to use to implement, to kind of problem solve. Exactly. And, and the way you talk about it now, it's almost as if you are coming to terms with the fact there's a little bit of acceptance around, yeah, I have anxiety, and I get uh, worked up and amped up on certain things, but I don't let it hijack my performance. I just, I know how to talk to it. Exactly. And I know there are um, times before, like if I, let's say we have an erg test, I always go up to my coach and I'm freaking out. Like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do well. I know I'm not going to do well. And then I go in and I, for the most part, do well. And she's like, why, like, why does, why is, and, I, and even now, like I've been going for all this time, but it's still, I'm still a work in progress to where I need to under like need to have more confidence in myself and need to understand that even if I'm freaking out because I don't think I'm gonna do well, that's okay. Like that, that's totally okay. Um. So and even like you said, like with the going to the trainers to get yourself worked on physically, I even sometimes will have a hard time with that just because I don't want to admit that I need help. Because I think a mm-hmm. lot of people like when you're an athlete, you just have the mentality: you suck it up, you're gonna play, you're gonna keep doing what you're doing. And everything will like sort itself out at some point. Like you don't really want to stop to think about the negative aspects. You know, like that's going to work itself out. I'm just going to keep going and doing what I'm doing. And I think that um, seeing the sports like my freshman year just kind of taught me it's okay to stop and feel what you're feeling and not be okay. Figure that out, get it together, and then you keep going. And even if you don't figure out and get it together, you can still keep going. But it's it's okay to stop and take the time to think about the negative things that are impacting you and work on it as opposed to just ignoring it and moving on. So, and, and your process you're speaking to, it seems like that had a, a direct impact on your actual athletic performance oh, absolutely. In, in terms of like addressing a mental or an emotional problem, uh, speaking on it, getting help on it. And then the result being, as you were describing uh, sophomore year, you're coming back and it's like, Oh my God, there's a whole new piece of you. Mm-hmm. And can you speak on how addressing and taking ownership and responsibility for your mental health and like learning mental skills had uh, an impact on your performance and uh, your athletic performance? Yeah. So I, I would say that 
I always, just me personally, I always make a point to give it 110%. There's not a day that you will think that I'm not trying. Like, I've just always been taught, like, if you're going to do this, you need to give it everything you can. So I would say that my um, effort didn't necessarily change because I've always just wanted to give 110%. But it was just more so, I would say it was my recovery that made, that was the change, if that makes So basically what I mean by that is, I would do a workout before, prior to me seeing the sports, like I would do a workout, absolutely tear myself up mentally if I wasn't doing well and if I didn't get the score that I wanted, whatever it may be. And then that would impact me for days to where like it just carried on to every single thing that I was doing. And what I learned from the sports psych is about recovery to where I may be anxious and I may be freaking out and I may not do that well on this workout. But it's about the recovery and letting yourself know that it's okay and that the next time it's a new time, the next day is a new day. You don't have to let the negative emotions and feelings keep transferring day after day after day. You recover from it and then you start new and you do that until everything becomes okay, if that makes sense. So it wasn't necessarily about the effort or the performance that changed. For me, it was the mental recovery and letting myself rebound and letting myself be okay with what happened and then going after it trying a different approach maybe or just having a different mindset the next time to where I learned from my mistakes and I didn't let it keep festering I didn't let it keep um I I changed it to where I was able to do something better next time and I think your point is spot on in terms of what I see and what you know we see in this field a lot is um burnout in regards to Mm -hmm. your ability to handle the the mental exhaustion and emotional fatigue in a way where it doesn't hijack your performance in terms of like yeah you could push through the training and you can get the results but at a certain point it catches you if you don't address it yeah um and so maybe that's the off the off the field or off the water type of uh, work that you were doing mm-hmm. that helped you maintain, you know, we always say it's a marathon, not a race, but yeah. in, in terms of performances, sometimes it is yes, a race, but sure, like, sure. you know, you got to keep, you got to keep the longevity going there. So, um, but you even took that to a step further because you became the captain of your team yeah. and it, it, it sounded like that you had become a microphone for getting help and getting support and modeling that behavior for other athletes who may have been experiencing what you were experiencing. Yeah. Um, so I became captain my junior year and I was really excited about it because I thought like freshman year, Katie, freshman year of my, um, uh, college career, I never would have thought that anybody would trust me with anything because of how much of a mess I was at the time. So the fact that I was voted captain by my team made me feel that they believed in me and they had something, they believe they saw something that I may not have necessarily seen at the time, but there is something in me that is able to reach out to people and to be that in that leadership role to be able to help other people. So that gave me a confidence boost in the sense of you're, you can do this. Like everything's fine. They voted you for a reason. You can definitely do this. So, like I said, I was still working on my mental health and I was very open. I have like the most amazing coaches now. Um, and they made it okay to talk about mental health. They encouraged talking about mental health. They, if they saw anything that was an issue, they would reach out, try to have the conversation. If you weren't willing to have a conversation with them, then they would very thoroughly explain the resources that you do have. 
So I think with having very open and personable coaches, that helped me be okay with what I was going through and not make me ashamed of if not make me ashamed of what I was going through enough to where I can share with other people to where I would very openly talk about the fact that I'm going to see the sports like or I'm going to see the therapist. And um, I, I personally need that because of A, B, and C. And if you have anything that's similar to me, then I'm willing to talk to you about it and maybe encourage you to also go to talk to someone else because they could help you the same way they helped me. Maybe not. Maybe you need something different. But I was just very open and honest about my experience just because I was encouraged to do that by my coaches because of how open and honest they were with me. And that made me more comfortable to where I think my team has a very healthy understanding of mental health and what, how important it is um, to where that's just the thing on my team to where like, if you need help mentally and under any circumstances, you can go talk to someone and it's totally fine. It's very, it's, it's very welcomed actually. So and that's great. And it seems like that you opened the door for that, but also the culture that and the support systems around your school and the culture and the team uh, foster that support system as well. Mm-hmm. So um, not all institutions or teams may do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so for our listeners out there, if that is something that you're going through is like a mental health or emotional, you know, issues already uh, prior to going to college, it probably be important to investigate or make sure that the culture and support systems, uh, you know, foster that mm-hmm. for you uh, as your sport. Um, you talked about your support systems a little bit and, you know, you sound like you have a really good support system and you make it a point to take care of your mental health currently, it sounds like. And that's just a part of, of, of how you, um, grow as an athlete and as a person. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and can you speak to culture and diversity? I know you have uh, spoken on that and, you know, the appropriation and uh, mental wellness and, and being an athlete, but also the cultural aspects and the diversity aspects in sports uh, and, you know, even speaking to female athletes mm-hmm. in, in particular. Um, w- w- can you can you speak on that and your experience and maybe your message on that? Yeah. So the sport that I am is a predominantly white sport and I am a black woman so I don't see anyone like me in my sport pretty much ever it's extremely rare and I noticed it first thing in high school because my entire team was white mostly I was definitely the only brown girl like I it it was slightly uncomfortable for me but then also not just because I was so used to it just because of the schools that I went to because of the communities that I grew up in Um, so I was, I was, I'm always used to being in the minority. It's not an abnormal thing for me. Um, but one thing I will say is that between my high school team and my college team, and not even just, um, mentioning coaches and rowers, but just like the staff that surrounds us, like the support system, I have never, ever, ever felt that I was an outcast. I never felt that I was different. I never felt that there was something wrong with me. All teams that I've been a part of have welcomed me like I am just any other girl because I am just any other girl so they didn't one thing I'm really grateful for is I know that other um minorities in their sports can feel um that they are like discriminated against or that like other people are just being rude to them because of that and I just I've never had that experience which I'm 100% totally grateful for because it made my experience in rowing that much better um but what I will say is that I think that being culturally 
and racially aware and sensitive is very important because I have met so many different people just from just life, just meeting so many different people. And it's just such a, I think people should be grateful to meet people who are different from them just because you learn so much. And I think that with learning so much, of course, you learn about what is um, culturally and racially insensitive and what is and what isn't. So I think that being a minority on my team, I, I'm able to um, share different experiences and different things that um, pertain to my race. And also from experiencing different races, I'm also able to learn. So I think that being a minority is um, helpful in the way because I get to share things with other people. It also kind of sucks because you're the only person who looks like yourself, so you can't really relate to other people. Um, so of course there's pros and cons like there is to everything. Um, but I would just say that, like I said, I'm grateful for my teams who never made me feel different, who made me, who never made me feel less special because of the fact that I am black. But then I also am grateful for the fact that I get to introduce things to, um, other people who may not have been aware. And sometimes it's kind of frustrating because like people may look at me differently or people may not understand where I'm coming from because of the woman that I am. So that can be frustrating at times, but I also think that, um, I'm, grateful that I'm able to educate other people and be the face of my team and I'm also involved in a lot of different things in athletics like I'm president of the student athlete advisory committee and I'm the student athlete representative of USD and the fact that I'm a black woman doing that like I like you like that does not happen that really just doesn't happen especially at uh, predominantly white institutions so I'm very grateful that I was giving given the opportunity and the platform to express myself and show that I'm no different than any other woman athlete just because of my race. And I'm no different from any other athlete just because of my gender. Um, so I'm just grateful for the fact that I'm able to share my story and show that I'm, I have so many similarities to so many people, although we also may have a lot of differences and that's just like the beauty of a community of different people. So. And, and I think, I mean, it's just, you know, as I'm hearing you talk, it's there's so much rich content there in terms of like your path and your journey. And I'm sure it's not 100 percent all rowing and sport, but it seems to be such a significant piece that has created, as you said, an identity. Um, it went from a position of like really not understanding if you had any athletic ability yeah. at all mm -hmm. to going into this, you know, high elite. Uh, performing athlete uh, in a in a um, environment that is is different, yeah. right? Uh, being a black woman athlete in a predominantly white cultural sport, uh, and then being a leader in it, yeah. and then being uh, you know an advocate and, and speaking up on it, it's just it just goes to show how much a sport can offer. Sure. Um, and I and I really love the idea that how you described it in terms of like. You just don't know. Why not? Yeah. Why not try? You know, and like in the ability for all those athletes out there to just keep going with your sport and to make it fun. It just can open so many doors, you know, despite if you win a championship or ship or not, or, or, or if you get a scholarship, keep playing the sport, yeah. you know. Um, and I, so, yeah, and I know for me personally, I I always struggled with people ask me like why didn't you just do basketball or why didn't you just do volleyball or why didn't mm. you just do like some other sport yeah and I can guarantee you that I would not have the same opportunities if I didn't row just because rowing is so 
um, like not many people do it. It's so unique that if I were to just be like any other volleyball player, basketball player, like, yeah, sure, I'll be on the team, whatever. But I just feel that rowing is so unique in that I found a skill that not many people have because not many people are in rowing. So I felt that that made that separated me from the majority of other people of my race who do other sports and in doing a predominantly more white sport that also I would just like to say that also doesn't make me less culturally aware of my own race or like my less aware of my own race in general because I know that a common misconception is that me being a black woman in a predominantly white sport in a predominantly white institution that I would lose the sense of who I am which definitely isn't what the situation is I'm very much so in tune that I am a black woman 110 percent it has not changed it hasn't lessened whatsoever and I just feel that me sharing my experience with other people is really important um but in sharing my experience and me being surrounded by majority of white people doesn't make me less black if that makes sense I'm mm-hmm. still 100 percent who I am and um I think that I think that it also empowers me because not many other people who I'm surrounded with know my culture and me being able to know it so well to share with other people also shows that as well. So I like not to be like, just also not to be intimidated by who else is involved because of the fact that I wasn't intimidated by the fact that I'd be the only black girl and look where I am now. So just also like mm-hmm. in, and like what I was saying before, um, just go for it. Doesn't matter who is around you. Doesn't matter who else is doing it. If this is what you're passionate about, that won't matter in the end. Like it's about your passion and it's about what you want to do with rowing is what I wanted to do. And I would like to say that I, I would like to think that I did a pretty good job doing it in my career. Um, but I don't think that I would have the same satisfaction doing it as if I followed the pack and did like basketball or volleyball or whatever. Like I did something different and I think that that validated me and that gave me um, just a better experience in general. Yeah. And I think that, uh, is a door opener, oh, right? Okay. Like it, your message is a door opener and it's, it's a message to everybody. Like, and that's the beauty of sports. And that's what we really want to preach on the show and, you know, the podcast and, and what we're saying on our platform here at well, you is that, you know, sports crosses all boundaries, mm-hmm. all borders mm-hmm. and, you know, open doors, you know, take risks, don't be limited. You know, if you're, you're a black athlete, doesn't mean you have to play basketball exactly. or volleyball. Like, you know, I can go do rowing. I can do tennis. I can do, I can do whatever I want. And I think that's the beauty of sport is it like, it really, really pushes the limits on, you know, whatever stereotypes we have, you know, and we're seeing it more and more. And even in terms of like females, so like, you know, women's sports, I mean, we're talking about being a black athlete in a white predominantly, you know, driven sport and rowing, but like also just female sports in general, like, you see it happening today more than ever. And I wanted to, you know, see your take on like just women's sports in general, how you feel, um, is it headed in the right directions? Are we still lacking? Do we need more work in terms of access to sports for females Um, and women athletes? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And it's also kind of weird for me because I, (laughs) I know some women like just speaking about rowing in general, because that's just pretty much the only sport I know, like, deep stats about I know so many women who are faster than some men in rowing just like and because there's some really really freaking strong women in the sport so that's why it always not confuses me but like it just baffles me every time I get the question because I'm like is there like has this not been proven already like why is this still like an ongoing conversation there's so 
many strong women who just put in so much work. And there's also so many strong men who also put in a ton of work. So I just, it just, it's crazy to me that it's still so unequal in terms of representation and in terms of just all around, just pretty much in general, just like the difference in um, acknowledgement on men and women in sports. Um, I personally have not ever felt that I was looked at differently or that I was less than a man in sports because I'm doing what I'm like, I'm captain and I'm doing all these other things for the school. So like, I've never felt that personally, but I'm also not ignorant to the fact that that does happen to a lot of women. Um, So what I just think about that is just like, if you just, just have a little bit of common sense and just look at what's out there, like we're, men and women are doing the same sports like you have to you're putting in the same amount of time to the same sports to get the same benefit to achieve the same goals like there is no difference there isn't a difference and of course like in saying that of course like some men train differently or some women change uh, train differently and like if you put me up against a man on a 2k I can guarantee he's probably going to beat me but there's also some men that I could probably beat on a 2k also so it's just like it's just give and take and knowing that not one is better than the other, not one is worse than the other. It's just about um, equal representation because we are all achieving the same goal in our sports. And in reality, like sports is being an athlete is just so amazing. And I feel like you can relate to any other athlete, especially if they do your same sport. So I just don't think that it's necessary to have a difference between male and female because we all are doing the same thing to achieve the same goals. Oh, great message. Yeah, it's a great message. And I think it just speaks volumes for sports yeah. in general oh, and the movement absolutely. progression that we're making. But we still need to make more, you know, still need to do more. Um, so uh, I wanted to end with a couple things here just in terms of like, you know, through our Well You uh, Mental Training app, we offer different like varieties and exercises to help, you know, um, mm-hmm. athletes train uh, their mental skills and wellness uh, from afar and a distance. That's kind of the goal because yeah. it's, it's not always easy to access that kind of help and support. Is there any um, exercises that you um, kind of connect to or benefit from? I would say the one that I related to the most was control the um, controllables. So I know that me as a person, I like to be in control of everything. I like to be in charge of everything just because it just makes me at ease. It makes me feel um, at peace just because I know that I am taking control of things and I have the power to do so. And I know that one of, I realized that one of the things that makes me super anxious is the fact that like when I feel that I don't have control of doing well, when I am about to do a test or like a mile runner about to have a race. I'm just anxious. Cause I'm like, I know that I want to do so well. And I know that I want to win. Cause that's just what you as athlete, you just want to win everything. And it's just hard because I have no control over winning. So it's just like me letting go and having to realize that I can only control what I am doing. I cannot control like in a boat. I can't control what the cops is saying. I can't control what the girls behind me are doing. Like I have to just know that I'm giving 110%. And if that results in me not performing so well, then there's nothing I can do about it. Which even now saying it just feels weird to say because like in my head when I'm in that mode, I'm like, no, I'm going to win. I don't care what what it takes. I'm definitely going to win. But in reality, like I can't stress about the things that I can't control because that's just wasted energy and that's just wasted time because it's not going to go anywhere. So that's something that I'm still to this very day working on. Uh, but I feel 
that that's the one that resonated with me <laughs> most just because sometimes you just need that reminder to let go and that's what the sports like said my freshman year you need to relax let yourself let go let yourself not have to hold yourself to that stand unachievable standard to where you're upset because you're not you're not at your top performance every single day because I can't control like I just have to give what I can um so I would say that that's one of the best messages because I feel like a lot of frustration a lot of anger from athletes is just wanting to be so good and you just can't get there and not being able to let go of it and realize that maybe that's just not your day so definitely um control the control rules is I would say the one that resonated with me most I know my mom tells me all the time you cannot stress about things that you can't control and of course it's easier said than done because when you're in that moment you want to be able to control it but sometimes you can't and it takes it takes a lot of strength to let go it takes more. I feel like it takes more strength to let go than it does to keep holding on and to keep going after mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I think I think I just wanted to make a, a point to that because um, you're you're an athlete that's taken ownership of you know the things that were barriers to you uh, mentally or emotionally, and you've taken that on. And like you mm-hmm. said, you can talk on it and you can you can know it and be aware of it, and that's a that's an amazing first step. But the 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 most important oh, or yeah. one of the the next most important steps is taking action on it. And, you know, taking uh, actionable items, you know, going to your therapist, going to your sports psych, you know, creating daily habits or exercises that you can implement into your day to maybe, you know, move the mm-hmm. needle on something that is you're really struggling with. And it's sports is such a, uh, you know, tangible tangible platform which you can see change in but it also helps you in off the off the Mm -hmm. sport off the field type of uh situations in life and you know it's just trying to be about the whole athlete so i'm really i'm really happy that you could speak on this uh and your process is just so relatable to so many athletes um i'm really looking forward to people gaining from your experience but on that note is there anything that you would offer up I mean you're in your uh you're you're just such an accomplished athlete um and you've accomplished so much um being on the national team being the captain of your your division one team what would you offer up to um athletes listening in terms of you know what's your message in terms of trying to achieve your goals or you know, uh, mental skills training or mental wellness, what stands out for you the most that Um, you would like to offer up to people that may be listening? It's a process. Like, don't rush the process. And the reason why I say that is because, like I said, I'm a senior and I'm still working on it. And I know at the beginning of this year, I was struggling with my mental health and I thought, I thought this was over. Like, I thought I figured this out my freshman year. I thought, I don't understand why I'm back to where I was before. And I didn't even even though I went my freshman year and even though I can tell you how much that helped me when this happened earlier in my senior year, I was like, Oh, I don't want to go see a sports. Like, like I can figure it out. I'll be fine. And it took my coach again, telling me, you know, this is a thing, you know, you need to work on it. I'm telling you that I need you to go see someone. And I would say it's a process because I expected that once I figured it out the first time that it would be good from there, that I won't have any more problems from there. And if I do have a problem, Oh, I know how to handle it. It's fine. And in reality, there are times where it's very easy to revert back to what's comfortable and revert back to what you were doing before to where you don't want to push yourself out of your comfort zone to keep working on it. But it is a work in progress. It doesn't happen overnight, especially not mental health. You have to work on it and you have to train with it. Like you do with an injury you work. And like, if you are injured, you're not just going to magically be okay the next day. Like it's something that you have to work on. Or if there's a goal that your team wants, you guys have to work to get there by workout, by workout. Um, 
and I and I just know that it was it's been a long road for me and that this road isn't over just because I'm graduating or it isn't over just because I have done it for so long like it is a a process and I would just say like take your time and just be patient with yourself because I think in the long run of you taking your time and understanding yourself that it's going to be way more of a benefit than getting frustrated and just quitting it because it's not working automatically. So just give yourself time, understand that it's going to be a process and that is okay because that's what it is for everybody. And you're not, you're not, uh, you're not doing anything wrong just because of the fact that it's taking a little bit longer to get there. Some may do it in a short amount of time. Some may do it a long amount of time and everybody is different and everybody has their own path. Um, but I do think that it's important to share your process because it can make other people feel better about theirs, but everybody's process is different. But at the end of the day, it is a process for everyone. Wow, Katie, thank you so much for sharing all your insight and your message here on the podcast. And for all our listeners, you can find Katie Silla if you want to reach out to her on Instagram or Facebook at KD Silla, K A D E E S Y L L A. She can also be found on the USD Women's Row Team on their website. Hi, Ami. Great interview. I think um, there's a ton, a ton of uh, nuggets in there from KD, Scylla. Um, you know, as we go through this Mental Coach debrief, what were some of the main things that stood out for you when you were having your conversation with her? Yeah, Brian. Um, yeah, she's really dynamic. And she obviously had uh, a lot to say and a lot of good, valuable insight into her process. Um, for me, the biggest thing that was just so amazing and still is amazing to me is, you know, we talk about athletes and all the training they put in from a young age. She started her athletic career very late in um, in her life compared to most athletes. And it was just uh, showed so much to me how much effort and dedication she put into her craft once she decided to take that you know kind of like dive into it um and and that key phrase for me that stuck out a lot was why not me you know entering into a world of rowing as a um you know a black girl in a in a white cultured kind of sport which was very accepting and is very accepting of her through her whole process but that was just a big kind of bold statement i believe i heard it in the way that she described her sport when you asked her uh what rowing is and she had so much passion in describing all the unity that rowing demands and even the mental side of being in so much pain that you want to stop but you can't because everyone else is counting on you in the boat and she talked about going to dark places in her mind and then having ways to channel that frustration and not allow it get the best of her. And, but when, like you said, you know, just deciding to get started, um, she was recruited, but she had this mindset of, all right, yeah, I'll eventually, you know, the humility was there, but yeah, I'll try it and just go for it and see what happens. And coaching, it sounds like she had great coaching along the way with mentorship and guidance too. Yeah, Brian, that was, that was actually a really big point in the whole, uh, her whole message was like, from the very beginning, uh, the very beginning she was fortunate with her like high school coaching and the uh, encouragement and the nudging and then um, you know when she encountered those challenges 
and difficulties her freshman year with like anxiety and like mental health issues. Um, her culture and her school culture was very supportive and just kind of wrapped around her and just, you know, allowed her to get the help she needed and supported it the whole way. What did you think about that whole, um, her whole message about her, her kind of feeling supported in her process? I thought it was great. I thought it was amazing to hear that about a university and about a culture and a, a sport and then a team and um, her being a black woman in a predominantly white cultural sport. I, I think it speaks volumes about her confidence in herself as she's gone through this. However, she did say that the rowing club that she grew up in really helped her identify with who she was. And there's one quote that I highlighted from her conversation. She said, you are somebody and you could be somebody, but you just have to put in the work to get there. Mm. And she said, if your mental health is not great, then you're not great. Right. So she, she went through her struggles and she had to be able to seek help, but man, she comes across as so confident and so sure of herself now it's amazing to see that transformation yeah and and the point that um that really stood out with that was how sports offered her up a whole new identity to herself that she she kind of seemed like she didn't even know she had in her and then all of a sudden you know she stepped into rowing you know full force and be you know national top recruit and the u.s national team and then the captain of her of her team and then basically a microphone for like student athletes for um usd so it's 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 so uh it's so amazing to hear stories like that where sport has provided you know so much yeah like you said it's a process but uh she had to get come to grips with the part of being such an ambitious competitor and wanting to, you know, go 110% all the time and want 110% of the results, but realizing that uh, she's not doing anything wrong if she fails. And um, sounds like she had some great support and she's doing amazing things. It's really cool to see and hear. What was your um, takeaway from the mental skills that she talked about the most that helped her or she connected to most in her process? She talked about controlling the controllables as key, and that was really supported with her work with the sports psychologist. She also said a lot of, she spoke a lot about naming her internal struggles and how that helped her. Even though she knew she had a psychology education from school, she knew that was a possibility, but she didn't necessarily know how to name them within herself. And that helped her gain clarity on what she was dealing with so that she could do something about it. I thought that was really important. And that and that piece, uh, talking on the sports psychology piece, uh, the insight and in that sports psychologist provided in that, you know, um, they were mentioning that, you know, you don't have to, you're not gonna always win and it, it might not always, you know, be a success or there might be mistakes i think that gave her so much breathing room to understand and be okay with the fact that like there's not so much riding on this and sometimes we fall down um so i thought that was a big piece and she also nailed home kind of this concept or idea of recovery which i think is really important for a lot of listeners to to kind of be mindful of is is, is it is a marathon i mean and in her case it, it very much so is a race but at the same time we have to recover and we have to take care of ourselves outside of training um, 
because things can build up. And if we let them build up without addressing them by you know, seeing a sports psychologist or getting our mental health uh, needs taken care of, they can have a huge impact on our athletic performance um, as she spoke to. Definitely, definitely. Ami, well, great interview. I really enjoyed it. I think people are going to gain a lot from listening to this interview and there's a ton of takeaways to apply in your own sports career and your own life. So thanks again for doing the interview and everybody else listening. Hopefully you can reach out and connect with Katie and follow along on her process and wherever she goes next. Who knows where she's going to go with everything that's happened in the world today. But I know she's going to do great things. So thank you, Ami, and thanks everyone for listening. have a desire to be great in what you do and a keen interest in the mental aspects of performance then you're in the right place. Well You Mental Training seeks to push the edge of the mental game through evidence-based practices and stories from athletes similar to the one you're listening to today. Your collaboration matters as part of this process so please head over to iTunes and leave us a review with your honest feedback on the podcast. We'd love to hear what you have to say. If you are as excited about the mental training stories you're hearing as we are, please share this podcast with your friends, family, and teammates too. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WellUApp. That's W-E-L-L-U-A-P-P. And learn more about the work our mental coaches are doing through LinkedIn and Facebook. 